Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Most of this hour reserved for your free-for-all Friday phone calls. The Canes are playing great hockey, hosting the Capitals tonight, the Lightning on Sunday. I will see you there at both games. We are sending, sending listeners to all seven of these games on this ongoing homestand. College basketball returns to full-scale conference play, including ACC style. That's tomorrow for the ACC. Duke's at Miami. Florida State's at Louisville. Virginia Tech, surprising team this year so far, at last year's national champion UVA. State goes to Clemson. Georgia Tech visits Carolina. Wake Forest goes to Pitt. Notre Dame visits Syracuse. College basketball, of course, takes a backseat, as does the NBA, as, does the, as do the Carolina Hurricanes, and as does college football. Ten days from now, we wait and see LSU against Clemson. It's all in the shadow of the National Football League. As the Dallas Cowboys have moved on, from nine-year head coach Jason Garrett as your Carolina Panthers are still seeking a successor for that Ron Rivera guy introduced yesterday in Washington. We have actual playoff games to digest and to discuss with our next guest from NBC Sports and Pro Football Talk. Darren Gant, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing well, David. How are you, buddy? Doing great. Happy New Year to you. Before we dive into the games, where do you believe Jerry Jones will go next now that the page is turned on Jason Garrett? Because I can remember the, both the bold younger guy who won Super Bowls with Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer, but also the mingling, getting in the way guy who has not had nearly as much success as an owner lately. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell. I, I think what Dallas needs more than anything is the kind of coach who would stand up and tell Jerry, I got this, and I don't know if Jerry's got it in him to hire that kind of guy. I mean, would it be an Urban Meyer type? Would it be a Dabo Swinney type? I mean, honestly, if I was in the market for a head coach right now, I would do one of two things. First, um, well, I mean, I'm a David Shaw guy. I think that guy's a great coach. But if you're a big game hunter, uh, I would call Nick Saban. So you want to coach the Cowboys? What do you think? And if that doesn't work, I would call Bob Kraft and say, what would it take to get Bill Belichick off your hands? But short of that, I just don't know. I mean, we get Lincoln Riley's name connected with him a lot. But I just um, I, I, I worry for the long-term uh, proposition if he's going to be able to hire the kind of coach that is the kind of coach he needs. I personally root for Ron Rivera as someone that I believe was the yeah. best head coach that the Panthers have ever had. I know you feel uh, you hold him in high regard personally as well. Did Ron Rivera just not want to sit out a season the way some others have done, Mike McCarthy and otherwise? Or what? how can you make sense of him choosing to work for Daniel Snyder in Washington when a whole lot of people – describe that as one of the most dysfunctional professional franchises anywhere in America? Uh, it's got to be pride and a lot of money. Uh, those are the only two reasonable answers, and I'm sure Dan Snyder paid Ron Rivera handsomely for his good name, uh, which, and again, in the spirit of New Year's and optimism, I'll give Ron two years before his good name's dragged down into the ditch with everybody else's who's ever worked for, for Dan Snyder. I, I think it's interesting that, you know, he talked to, you know, Ron talked to Joe Gibbs. Well, not even Joe Gibbs was immune to, to right. Dan Snyder. It, it didn't end well for Joe Gibbs there. It doesn't end well for anybody there. In 21 years of being owner, they're 142, 193, and 1. 
that makes it bigger than a problem any one coach, no matter how good he is, can fix. And, you know, I, I believe Ron to be earnest. I believe Ron to be sincere when he says, well, we're going to – he's going to give me all the tools I need to be successful. But everyone has said that. Joe Gibbs told Jay Gruden, he'll give you all the tools you need to be successful. And there is no success, and it is because of one person. Darren Gant is joining us. He is a fun follow on Twitter, at Darren Gant. Find his work at profootballtalk.com, also NBCSports.com. Two games await us AFC style tomorrow. Bills at the Texans, Titans at the Patriots, and, of course, Sunday it's all NFC. Vikings at Saints, followed by Seahawks at Eagles. When you think of the eight teams that are actually in action, put the Ravens and the Chiefs and the Niners and the Packers off to the side, uh, with their buys, of the eight teams playing this weekend, who, if anyone, actually has a chance in your eyes to not only win one game but make a run at winning the whole thing? Saints. Yeah, I, I think New Orleans is the team out of that group uh, that you would look at this weekend. And, and, I mean, they were playing for, you know, a couple games break differently. They would have had a bye week uh, this weekend. So they were really close to it themselves. I, I just like the fact that, you know, they've made themselves so much better defensively. I mean, for years we've talked about big numbers, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas is doing stuff this year nobody's ever done. But, you know, kind of quietly they've made that defense not terrible. And when you were where they were not that long ago, to get to not terrible is a pretty impressive uh, accomplishment. And they've got some game-changing players. I mean, those guys you look at uh, at each level, really, who can make that one play and turn a ball over or get a big interception, a big sack strip fumble, they've got that guy on each level of the defense now. And I think that's the biggest thing for me. And, you know, it really feels like uh, we haven't heard anything official, but it really does feel like that this is Drew Brees' last ride. And no matter what happens, they're kind of loading up for one run. And they know that this is kind of the shot they've got and the best one. And, you know, I think once they dispatch Minnesota this weekend, I, I like them, honestly, you know, almost I, – I don't love them playing in cold weather because it's never held up that well with Drew Brees, but that team is a lot more weatherproof than it's been in the past. Speaking of last rides, that Tom Brady guy is 42 years old and his contract with the Patriots does expire after this season. Uh, what's your educated guess on what happens whenever the Patriots are eliminated? Heck, some people believe the Titans have a shot at beating them uh, tomorrow night in Foxborough. I mean, he's coming to Carolina to replace Cam <laughs> right? That's, that's, that's the obvious answer, right? Uh, it, Happy it New Year! Fascinating. Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's just blow it all up. Roll the grenade right in the hole. Let's, uh, <laughs> you know, he's going to have a lot of options, and and I think the first option may be run it back in New England under terms of a new contract. And I'm not precluding that until that doesn't happen. So uh, there's a lot of. You know, there's a lot of backstory, a lot of history there with him and Belichick. But I, I think Bob has to do everything he can to make Tom happy, whatever that takes. And, I mean, I can't imagine Tom Brady being happier going to Miami to quarterback Brian Flores' Dolphins or going to the, going to the Colts to replace Jacoby Brissett. I mean, I, I just – all these other scenarios – 
don't make as much sense to me as figuring out something at home and trying to create the the right kind of goodbye. I, I think they were, you know, it would be a shame if this was it because even though they couldn't have been taken completely off guard by Rob Gronkowski hanging it up after last year, they never had enough stuff around him. So if you can bring Tom Brady back next year and say, hey, what if we get you a Greg Olson? Or what if we go get some more wide receivers? Or what if we add this to the offense? Would that make you happy, Tom? Would you come back then? I'm just not sure that's not going to be the ultimate end of this situation. Back to the coaching carousel, whereas the Washington vacancy and the still-open Cleveland job have been described in mostly negative terms. I think the consensus has been that the Carolina Panthers' job, while complicated because of that QB question mark, has a lot more good than bad surrounding it, at least according to most of the things that I have read. When you hear names like Mike McCarthy, whom we know has interviewed, uh, Eric Bieniemy of the Chiefs, Josh McDaniel of the Patriots, Matt Rule, the guys at Baylor now, uh, but with an NFL background. Um, What do you make of those names? Are there any names to add to that list? And do you agree that the Panthers' opening offers far more good than bad? Yeah, you know, here's the thing. You've either got Cam Newton or you've got an asset that's pretty movable and pretty valuable uh, if that's the direction you wanted to go. So either one of those things would be attractive to the people who are involved in job searches. Of all those guys you mentioned, um, I don't necessarily – I don't think Josh McDaniels is a culture fit here. Um, and that's for a lot of reasons that don't have anything to do with X and O football. I just don't know that that's the direction. I mean, they may be interested in him. He may end up getting the job, but I don't know with the pieces in place that I would necessarily go there first. Besides, a lot of people think, you know, he's more interested in Cleveland for a lot of reasons as well. So I, I don't know that McDaniel's a fit, but I think any one of those other guys, I think if you plug that rule in here, if you plug Mike McCarthy in here, I would kind of look at that and say, okay. I mean, I don't know that it's such a dramatic upgrade over Ron Rivera that you had to fire a guy, but sometimes things run their course, and that's fine. But somebody, somebody described Mike McCarthy to me as offensive Ron Rivera. And I said, well, that's okay. Yeah, right. That would be fine. That would be fine, right? I mean, you're – what you're getting, it might not win the press conference, it might not sell a bunch of T-shirts, but you're getting a guy with NFL experience who's who's won a Super Bowl and developed a quarterback, and, and that's all the stuff you say you want to do. So I don't know why anybody wouldn't necessarily be thrilled with a Mike McCarthy. Your brain may be so saturated with playoff thoughts that you haven't turned the page to draft type of things, but I'll ask anyway. As a non-playoff team, the Panthers know where they will be selecting in the first round, and it is the lucky number seven. Uh, Who, if anyone, what names immediately came to mind when you saw that slot and Carolina's needs? Um, Well, I remember in that vicinity in 2003, they went out and found him at Jordan Gross, this big-eared kid. (laughs) Hey, and to protect, you know, Cam Newton or whatever, 
uh, at that position for a long time, that would be great. But I, I am going to be fascinated to see what happens with Tua and, and what the medical reports say, because if you're in that position and you've got an opportunity to add that quarterback, he is so, so valuable. If he's well enough to be a player for you in the next two years, you know, you draft him the way the Chiefs did, Patrick Mahomes, thinking you may not necessarily have to play him this year. Right. But the value is so tremendous in that rookie quarterback contract that you do it anyway and just kind of go from there. And your phone broke up just a little bit. Do you feel that way just about Tua Tungavailoa, or, or do you feel that way more broadly about other draft-eligible quarterbacks? I, I will not be a phony and pretend to have done a deep dive on all the quarterback prospects. I don't know that I love Justin Herbert as yeah. much as, as others. I mean, Tua, to me, is kind of a special case. Yeah. I mean, he's the guy. If he's there, yes, you do that. If not, then you start talking about, you know, offensive line help. Derek Brown yeah. from Auburn's a name that's getting pitched around a lot. That kind of that kind of name, but um, Tua is the opportunity, I think, has the chance to be that special consideration in this draft where if he's available to you, you draft him whether you need him today or not. Last thing real quick, as soon as Ron Rivera was let go in Carolina, we heard nothing, but he's so respected, he's going to have another job as soon as he wants another job, and of course, here he is introduced uh, by Washington yesterday. With the Cowboys turning the page on Jason Garrett and, and his reputation just being tied so personally to Jerry Jones and that whole father-son-like thing that they've had for many, many years, do you expect to see Jason Garrett as a, an NFL head coach you know, that quickly as well, or is his situation more complicated than Rivera's was? Yeah, I'm not sure what the fit is. I don't know that I would necessarily put Jason Garrett on the list of people here. Um, but the Giants may think differently, and that may be uh, something that appeals to them for a lot of reasons, maybe just to stick it to the neighbors a little bit. But um, if it's not one of those two, I mean, I, I don't know. If I was Jason Garrett, well, if I was any coach, I wouldn't necessarily be interested in Cleveland for the same reason I wouldn't be interested in Washington. I just think the ownership's made it impossible for anybody to have long-term success there, so I wouldn't sign on to that project. And Jason's not uh, a big, you know, joke-telling, back-slapping kind of guy, but he could get a TV job. He could go say platitudes on television in exchange for money for a year while he waited for something else to come up, and you would think he would be marketable at a, at a point in the future. His name is Darren Gant. Follow him on Twitter at Darren Gant. Find his work at NBC Sports and ProFootballTalk.com. Enjoy the playoff weekend, man. Thanks, as always, for the time, and Happy New Year to you and yours from the David Glenn Show. Absolutely. Same to you guys. Have a good one. You got it. 1-800-849-2761. Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey, the record-setting dual threat out of the backfield, just received an interesting honor. More of those details. And the Associated Press, they've been doing this little by little. Remember, LeBron James was their male athlete of the decade. Eight trips in a 10-year period to the NBA Championship Series. Three NBA Championship rings in that decade for the king, LeBron James. Serena Williams was the AP female athlete of the decade. The Associated Press just announced its college basketball coach of the decade. 
You can't hear college basketball and not think of our state and guys like Hall of Famer Mike Krzyzewski at Duke or Hall of Famer Roy Williams at Carolina. They both got the ring in this past decade. Kay has five overall. Roy has three overall, but they did some pretty darn good work over these last 10 years as well. Who was the Associated Press's coach of the decade in college basketball? I'll share that news as we come back to your calls. It is free for all Friday. Darren Gant was our one and only guest. That is by design. Every sports radio show in the history of the world hears some version of, y'all talk too much about this and not enough about that. Many years ago, we created Free For All Friday to try to right that wrong. You can steer our ship back to the NFL playoffs, more NBA, more Canes or NHL, more college football, more coaching carousel. And, of course, you all know we always love college basketball. I'll hit you with the Christian McCaffrey and the Coach of the Decade updates. As we come back to your questions, comments, and complaints, 1-800-849-2761. You can join us from anywhere in North Carolina or around the world right now by dialing that number, 1-800-849-2761. Free for All Friday continues with those headlines and your phone calls next on The David Glenn Show. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in, in any way. Yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. I, but I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. My producer, Darren Vaught, a rising star in the play-by-play industry for USA Baseball and High Point and ESPN3 and many others. He has a story involving UNC football coach Mac Brown and High Point basketball coach Tubby Smith, both, of course, members of the National Championship Club in their respective sports. Story involves them crossing paths years ago. More on that in just a little bit. We do have lines open for the first time in a long time. Darren Gant is in the books. He is our one and only guest of the day by design. That leaves more time for you to steer our ship, you to pick the topics. Take us away from what you're tired of. Take us toward whatever is burning a hole in your sports soul, perhaps from a long time ago or perhaps something you just couldn't get in on because the lines were jammed earlier this week. We have more NFL, including the Christian McCaffrey note that I mentioned. We have the Associated Press College Basketball Coach of the Decade announcement. First night, first two names that came to my mind for that one, Mike Krzyzewski of Duke, Jay Wright of Villanova. It's not easy to win the national championship. And it's in particular not easy to win win multiple national championships. Well, guess what? Kay has five overall, but two of those five were in the last decade. Remember 2010, first year of the decade, Devils won it all. 2015, one of the great one-and-done success stories in the history of college basketball. John Calipari did it that one year at Kentucky with Anthony Davis and Michael Kidd-Gilchrist and others. There were some... Veterans among the supporting cast, but can you follow multiple one-and-done college basketball players all the way to the national title? The answer is yes. Kentucky proved it once, and Duke proved it again in 2015. So those were K's two NCAA titles over this 10-year period. So I knew K would be one of the finalists and one of the leading vote-getters, and he was. The other name that came to mind, and again, all due respect to a guy like Roy Williams, His three NCAA titles are 05 and 09, both of them being the previous decade. 
and then more recently 2017. So he did get one ring this decade, but compared to two, that's probably going to fall short. So there were votes for others, and I'll get to those. But Jay Wright, of course, with Villanova, won it all in 2016, won it all again in 2018. Interestingly, and I would not have known this if I had not looked it up, Darren, would you know how many times did Duke make the – if I'm trying to break a tie – Right? Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Jay Wright has two NCAA titles just this decade. Kay has two just this decade. Again, you don't get credit for anything you did prior to that. Only that 10-year body of work goes into the Coach of the Decade Award, of course. So how would you break the tie? I mean, it's, it's not as simple as just counting rings. And even if it was that simple, you got two guys. They got two rings each this decade. I would think Final Fours. Maybe you look at conference championships and other things although that's not quite apples to apples because the ACC in many years is better than other conferences Um, so who knows but I was I was surprised the answer to this question in that 10-year period where coach K has two NCAA titles just 2010 and through 2019 how many other final four trips did coach K have with the Blue Devils in that 10-year period well, okay, so I know for a fact the disappointments against Lehigh and Mercer were both in this decade. Correct. Maybe that weighed Kay's candidacy Perhaps. down. I don't know. Perhaps. I can specifically recall a couple of Elite Eight trips, and because you said the answer surprises you, and I, no, no other Final Four trip comes to my That's mind. That's the Is correct answer. Okay. There, the only two times in this decade Kay went to the Final Four, the Devils won it all. So he cashed in two for two. There were a couple of uh, several elite eight trips. Importantly, and I would factor this in, K was 10 for 10 in NCAA tournament trips. Yeah. Like that's a pretty important threshold for consistency's sake. Did you go every year? And then for true brilliance sake, how many times did you win? How many times did you make a long run, et cetera? So Jay Wright of Villanova, two rings. Mike Krzyzewski at Duke, two rings. Neither had any other Final Four appearances. Yeah, I was going to say, Villanova was only in the Final Four the two years that they won it all. Absolutely, man. There's just some magic to Villanova when Roly Massimino made the long run back in 1985. I remember I was living in Philadelphia as a high school senior back then. They cashed in. I guess it's just something about Villanova. Maybe it's the Catholic priests praying for them, as we discussed with Jordan (laughs) Cornette of Notre Dame the other day. Just kidding. So, all right. Two rings versus two rings. Did Jay Wright go to 10 NCAA tournaments out of 10? No, he did make make nine out of 10. Okay. But outside of Jay Wright's two NCAA titles in that 10-year period, he was eliminated prior to the Sweet 16 every other time. So, in other words, it was all or nothing. Yeah. There were round of 32 eliminations, round of 64 eliminations, uh, what they used to call the second round elimination, yep. and then the one year where they went 13 and 19 and didn't make the big dance at all. K, 10 for 10. And beyond the two titles, there were three Elite Eights. That's addition to the two titles. So that's five trips to the Elite Eight out of 10 years, and two of those you cashed in with the NCAA title. Objectively speaking, I got to go K over J, right? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sounds vote, like he the got... vote did not come out that way. No, the Associated Press College Basketball Coach of the Decade is Jay Wright of Villanova. Is that recency bias? I just did some. I just did some quick work, and of course, 
those were the two leading vote getters, but the vote yeah. was not close. So I know this, the, the consistent success and always being toward the top of the pack does matter when it comes to, say, Coach K not winning ACC Coach of the Year. Yeah. I don't know that I would have predicted it would affect his, his candidacy as a coach of the decade. 24 Associated Press voters, 16 of the 24 votes went to Jay Wright of Villanova. Mike Krzyzewski was second with five votes. John Calipari of Kentucky got a vote. Tony Bennett of UVA got a vote. Uh, Mark Few of Gonzaga got a vote. But it was, you know, Kay and Jay Wright are the two best candidates, clearly, given well, the- those bodies of work. I'm just not sure how Kay ended up finishing <laughs> second on that list. I think I'm and, with you. And I don't think that's a state of North Carolina bias thing. I vote in a lot of these national awards. I just went straight to the bottom line. This sport is defined by how you do in March Madness. That's why the conversation starts with Jay Wright and, Mar- and Mike Krzyzewski, right? But I think it should matter, even in the years that you don't win at all, how consistently successful were you? You were one of the late, the last eight standing five times in that 10-year period if you're Duke. That's got to count for something. They also won, what, three ACC titles, I think, in that 10-year period. The official champion, of course, is the tournament champion. Coach K recently rolled his eyes at a question about why the Blue Devils haven't won more regular season championships. The cynics will tell you there's no such thing as a regular season championship. But, you know, every school and every coach, when they win one, make sure that they squeeze it into their bio. <laughs> it matters when so you win it. Yeah. If you want to play La La Land and pretend it doesn't exist, I'm sticking to reality where the schools and the coaches that win regular season titles in any conference, they make sure they squeeze it into the mix somehow. So, I don't know, put however much weight on that other stuff as you want. Conference performance varies quite a bit from conference to conference, not apples to apples again. But I don't know, man. Congrats to Jay Wright. He's a phenomenal coach. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from the guy that just led the Wildcats to two titles in a three-year period and has done some other good things, conference championships, et cetera. But I think an objective look at the biggest facts – and it has to start with March Madness success. Uh, coach K should have been the Associated Press College Basketball Coach of the Decade. He finished as the runner-up to Jay Wright of Villanova, just as Roy Williams finished as the runner-up to Jay Wright of Villanova in that <laughs> national championship game just a few years ago. The other thing I promised, Darren's story and more of your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Christian McCaffrey's versatility and superb stats as a dual threat out of the backfield. Just helped them to a rare double announced this afternoon. The all-pro teams are out, and Christian McCaffrey made the AP team at two different positions. How is that possible? Well, a few years ago, the the AP decided to sort of reflect the changing NFL and added a flex position. So you still had a vote for quarterback and running back and offensive tackle and tight end and wide receiver, et cetera. But they created a new category where I guess it's like an all-purpose category like we have in our all-ACC football voting, all-purpose player. So enough people voted for McCaffrey as the best running back that he made the NFL all-pro team at running back, but enough people also voted for him at the flex position, again, wasn't even a category until a few years ago, that he won that as well. So his name is on first-team All-Pro twice, and that has 
happened very rarely given that it is a new category. Y'all know that he did become just the third player in NFL history with 1,000 yards plus rushing and 1,000 yards plus receiving in the same season. One of the other two guys who have done that uh, is uh, Marshall Falk, who is in the Hall of Fame. And former 49ers dual threat running back Roger Craig is the only other name on that list. And he is actually on the ballot for the Pro Football Hall of Fame as we speak. An amazing player. As we follow David Tepper's pursuit of whomever, Mike McCarthy, Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniel, Baylor head coach Matt Rule. Those are the four names that I've seen in the reporters the reports that I trust the most. You know what's most important about that in all seriousness? Of course, every franchise depends on finding the right guy. Ask the Cowboys what happened when they found Tom Landry way back in the old days or Jimmy Johnson in the early days of Jerry Jones's ownership. Guess what? Super Bowls, multiple. You find the right guy, good things happen. You find the wrong guy, bad things happen, right? That's the case for every coaching search as the Browns and the Giants and now the Cowboys join the Panthers in trying to fill their vacancies. Specific to Carolina, you know what's really important? You can't waste more of Luke Keekley's prime and more of Christian McCaffrey's prime. These guys are among the greatest players in the history of the franchise. You've had both of them and cam newton for at least part of this stretch cam's last two years complicated dramatically by injury obviously you can't waste more of their prime luke keekley isn't a young guy anymore christian mccaffrey is still a young guy but they've got the off-season challenge of a new contract and how much are you willing to pay your running back when some franchises just will not shell out the big bucks at such a, a high risk injury position those are among the other challenges for David Tepper. The bottom line is you can't think in terms of a longer window in the NFL. That works in some other sports. It doesn't work in the more violent game of the National Football League. You've got to get this right, and you've got to get it right now because Keekley, while under contract for several more years, might end up being the greatest Panther of all time, but does he have definitely another contract after the current one? After a guy who's had concussion issues, are we certain that several years down the road, Luke Kuechly will want to even play NFL football? He's a diverse guy. Maybe the end of this contract, he says, yeah, that's enough for me. I'm going to find other things to do. Smart dude, very versatile beyond football. We don't know the answer to that. We're not even sure they work out a new deal with Christian McCaffrey, but I'm hoping that's the case. If it is, it's time to cash in, man. You got the Cam Newton injury, headache, and complication, but you don't get better building blocks very often than a Luke Kuechly still in his 20s at linebacker on one side of the ball and a Christian McCaffrey, third-year professional, setting records left and right, uh, still very early in his NFL career, but at a, at a position where, again, you just can never be sure how long that kind of a running back career is going to last. 1-800-849-2761. We will come back to your free-for-all Friday calls on the other side, and I will toss the baton to my producer, Darren Vaught. Great story he shared at the Glen House over dinner last night as the lovely and talented Maria fed us a wonderful meal, wasn't it? You need, you need a shout-out? Legendary. Legendary you, meatball and pasta. Compared to me, 
how often does my wife ask you about your love life compared to how often I do? Because Maria will say, DG. Uh, ten you, times as much. It's got to be ten times. At least. I hope. I mean, I could go, I could go six months and not ask that question, I think. Yeah, yeah you and have. Some, and sometimes you and I are like in long drives together where we're stuck conversing whether we want to or not, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So I could go six months as someone who sees you almost every day and not hit you with that sledgehammer. So what's going on, Darren? Who have you seen? You see her a lot? A little bit? What's her name? Where's she from? What's she do? How long have you guys been together now? Wait, yada, yada, yada. My wife, does she see you at all? Are, are there times where she lets you leave the building without hitting you with that question? No, 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 I don't think she's, so. She's batting a thousand. Yeah. All right. Well, he got that question last night, but more fun to share on the air. <laughs> Isn't that nice to hear, Darren? <laughs> Is his story about the intersection years ago of UNC football coach Mac Brown and now High Point basketball coach Tubby Smith. Both are members of the National Championship Club. Darren entertained the masses at the Glenn household last night. Anthony and Avery had friends over, so he had a big audience. He shared his story with us, and I, I asked him to share his story with you. We'll get to Darren Vaught's story about those Hall of Fame-style coaches as we come back to your calls. Last call for phone calls on this free-for-all Friday edition of the program. You can steer us wherever you'd like. Back to the topics of the day, NFL, college football, college basketball, NHL, and NBA for the most part. Or you can take us elsewhere by dialing 1-800-849-2761. That's how you can be next on The David Glenn Show. Kevin Harlan is joining us. It was a boring game, and the guy ran out right through the formation as if he was a wide receiver <laughs> to be a part of the play. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. You always think of calling that dramatic last-second buzzer-beating shot or a touchdown pass or, or something more historic. This is the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Last call for phone calls, free-for-all Friday style. I also promised Darren Vaught's story that entertained the Glenn family last night. One quick note on college football. And Darren, just remember such stories as we contemplate job security in our own chaotic industry. When Joe Moorhead showed up for work today at 9 a.m. at Mississippi State, he apparently thought he was just going to put another day at the office in. He was told he was dismissed as the Mississippi State Bulldogs football coach. And I bring it up because that is now four different coaches. Again, as I often emphasize on this show, the pluses far outweigh the minuses for these highly paid athletes and coaches. I am not weeping for anybody when I share this stat. But just in the Power Five, I believe that makes four different coaches who are fired within two years of being hired. So Joe, Joe Moorhead had two years at Mississippi State in the SEC. He did have a winning record overall, 14 wins and 12 losses. He just had a bowl trip. The other, I just watched them play a bowl game the other day. Shows up at work 9 a.m. Yeah, two years is enough for you, Joe. You're out as the head coach of the Bulldogs. The guy he played in the Egg Bowl, Matt Luke, head coach at Ole Miss, got fired after that game after only two years on the job with the Rebels. Chad Morris, a third coach in the SEC in football, was fired after only two years at Arkansas. And here in ACC country, Willie Taggart was fired after less than two full seasons at Florida State. So it is 
again, the pluses far outweigh the minuses. We talk about these guys and their mega million dollar salaries. In all four of those cases, they're making three, five, or more million dollars a year. But they got two years. That was not something that ever happened when I started covering college athletics in the late 80s and early 90s. Now it happens as much as it has ever happened. With that, Darren, I toss the baton to you and your Tubby Smith, Mac Brown, how they came together story of the day. That's actually a a great segue because this involves a particular season in which Tubby was the head coach uh, of the Minnesota Golden Gophers. And after a trip to the NCAA tournament, he got fired from that position, which is an entirely different and and very, very interesting conversation with Tubby Smith to hear him talk about the instances in which he's been fired. I mean, you know, he's been around the block. He's it's part of the the business uh, on the coaching side. Quick, quick interruption. There are only how many active coaches that have national titles to their credit? There are nine in Division one men's basketball that are currently head coaches. Tubby. Actually, the only one that is not currently or still with the team Ooh. he won the championship with. Win a bar bet with that Darren Vaught trivia this right? weekend, courtesy of the David <laughs> Glenn Show. So we would have three of the nine. Correct. In our backyard. Roy, Kay, and Tubby. Cool. All right. So uh, this involves the 2013 season, and he won. Uh, they won 24 games in Minnesota. And prior to his dismissal, they played in a regional at Texas in Austin, where High Point played on Monday to face the Longhorns. First round, they faced UCLA, and Tubby described to me during our trip there that he and Mac Brown go way back. And I was just kind of asking about Mac then because, you know, you covered him in his first stint yeah. with, with North Carolina, and I, I, I haven't seen but a recent version of Mac Brown. And he says, just to give you an idea – of the psychological, motivational genius that Mac Brown is. We played here, and I called him in to see if he would talk to our team before so Mac our at first that point round game against the, UCLA. The Texas Longhorns football coach at that point. Right? This would have been 2013, so yeah, right? That would have been toward the end of his tenure before okay. his, his TV stint. If not, he was still around and okay. had just begun doing TV. All right, so so Tubby is visiting with Minnesota right there in Austin, Texas, trying to continue an NCAA tournament run. And, yeah, why not call your old friend Mac Brown for a little inspirational talk yeah. to your basketball players? All right. So he described it as typical Mac in that he did not curse. He did not really raise his voice but in, in the most matter-of-fact terms that as he's saying it makes total and complete sense. You just realize as you're listening to him, you hadn't thought of framing things this particular way. So in uh, you know a few minutes in, Mac looks at the guys and he says, I'm not trying to call anybody out, but who are the main guys? Who are the leaders? So Tubby says, okay, five starters, go ahead and step forward. And he says, Mac looks at all of them and says, well, this is up to you because this is a legendary coach who's won a national championship and he recruited you specifically for this moment to make an impact in an NCAA tournament. And he says, and it's very blunt and and, uh, you'll see what I'm saying. He tells the starters, it's up to you to be up by 10 points by the time you're subbed out for the first time of the game. And now, as, as some of the longtime Tubby Smith assistants who are currently with him at High Point, who were there at the time, are describing, they're like, whoa, whoa, Mac, all right, pull, pull back the reins. Right. That's, that's, that's a lot of pressure to tell them they need to be up 
double figures by the time they check out. There's, uh, a, there's a little bit of Herb Brooks, you were born to be hockey players yes. in this speech, and, right? and it's and, and the way they explained it, he, Mac apparently had that kind of poise, right? It, it was, it was in, an intense moment, yeah. but not at all yelling and screaming and cursing. You were born to be basketball players, and you were meant to be here tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as uh, his name's Zoe Goodson, who's been on Tubby's staffs for a long time, he actually started with Tubby as a student manager at Kentucky and has been with him through every stop throughout his career. So it's, he's a really cool story anyway. But as Zoe Goodson was telling me <laughs> this story, they get to the first media timeout against UCLA in the first round. They ended up winning this game, of course, but they were up 12 nice. at the media break. <laughs> Well, I, I was once told Mac Brown could sell ice to Eskimos. And that mostly applied to the recruiting trail and the relationships he would build with high school coaches. And But you know, that's not totally unrelated to the story. No, it's he does have that gift. He has had it since he was a young man. Coach Tubby Smith and Coach Mac Brown just have all sorts of roots here in North Carolina. I mean, everybody knows about Mac and Chapel Hill times too, but he was also the App State football coach for a little bit. Uh, you know, his wife was an influential developer here in North Carolina, Mac Brown's wife, Sally. Uh, Tubby Smith, of course, was a college star here at High Point way back in the day. And it's just funny how their roads keep winding together. Great story courtesy of Darren Vaught on today's edition of Free For All Friday. I will have some final thoughts, some TV picks. Jimmy Buffett's coming to North Carolina in April. In his honor, he will take us into the weekend as well with a little lovely cruise next on the David Glenn Show. Gary Player joining us. This morning I did 1,300 sit-ups and crunches. Wow. I pushed 300 pounds with my legs and I ran on the treadmill. You are one of the legends of golf and you've been an inspiration as a person as well. What a nice compliment and God bless America. You're listening to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the stretch they come. This philosopher king slash performer's name is Jimmy Buffett. This song is called Lovely Cruise. We learned this week that Jimmy B and the Coral Reefer Band are coming to the great state of North Carolina in April. I hope to see you there. Speaking of that, as you enjoy NFL Wild Card Weekend and a whole bunch, seven ACC basketball games head-to-head just tomorrow, three of the best teams in hockey will be in the state this weekend. It is the Capitals at the Canes tonight. I will see you there. It is the Lightning at the Canes on Sunday. I will see you there. Enjoy the NBA, a lot of college hoops, a lighter weekend for college football, and, of course, the big four games on Wild Card Weekend. We'll gobble them all up, and we'll be here to discuss them with you on Monday. Enjoy those games. We hope you're with us Monday on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.